Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, we are welcoming Christine Goulet. She's Global Director at Pangaya Science. Hello, Christine. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, and you? Yes, happy. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You're welcome. Uh, my very first question is, could you please introduce yourself? Uh, who are you? Uh, what are you doing at Pangaya? Uh, what has been your pathway? And, uh, and the second part is, what is Pangaya actually? And what is Pangaya science? So mm. many questions in my first question. <laughs> okay. This will take the whole podcast, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, Christine Goulet. So I've been with Pangaya for, um, since April of 2021. Uh, as global director of the Pangaea B2B business, which I will get to. Um, but before Pangaea, just to kind of give you some of the background on on my trajectory, uh, before Pangaea, I was at the Caring Group in Paris for almost six years. I was part of the sustainability team there. Um, the first couple of years, I was focusing on raw material sourcing and sort of supply chain solutions um, uh, for the brands at, at Caring. Um, to be uh, more uh, follow more guidance uh, along how to source cotton, leather, fur, viscose, um, different materials um, that were in the products at that time. So that was both uh, from a bottom-up level, really trying to find producers on the ground who we could work with, um, build capacity, really understand their production philosophy. And then from a more of a, a top-down Uh, viewpoint, it was a lot of multi-stakeholder working groups around these supply chains. So the organic cotton accelerator or um, part of Canopy, which focuses on visco sourcing. As, and then after, so I did that for a couple of years at Caring. And then after that, I started moving into innovation more and more as that has become a really big focus in the fashion industry over the last five years. And as, as we can talk about more, we've seen a number of new technologies coming onto the market, new innovators. It's been a very exciting time. So uh, I started the sustainable innovation work within the team at Caring, um, which was really looking at sort of the front of that funnel. Who are the innovators and uh, technologies on the market? How do they solve for pain points that we're facing both on a group level and um, at a brand level at Caring? And how do I work internally Um, with different uh, departments like our Materials Innovation Lab in Milan to help move some of the innovators through that funnel and try to get, again, those technologies into our supply chain and products. And that also was a lot of um, partnership work, too, with accelerators like Fashion for Good in Amsterdam and uh, a caring award that we launched, the K-Generation Award in China, Greater China, to try to find innovators there. So really exciting experience um, at Caring, And obviously, rolled over quite well into what I'm doing at Pangaea, which is very focused on material science technologies. Um, just very quickly, previously to that, I did work also at a sustainable 
fashion company called Eden Apparel, which was launched by Ali Houston and Bono. That was back quite a while, but have been involved in sort of the sustainable fashion space for, for several years now. And I'm really excited to see how, how much progress has been made and, and how much it's really mainstreamed into the everyday discourse of most brands and suppliers. Hmm. Fantastic. Uh, why did you decide to join uh, Pangaea? And uh, again, what is Pangaea and what is Pangaea Science? Mm -hmm. So Pangaea uh, calls itself a material science collective. Uh, so the company's vision is to try to inspire and accelerate to a more earth positive future. And it does this through a couple of ways. One is through the direct-to-consumer brand. So you can go on to thepangaya.com and you'll see a lot of colorful um, clo clothing. You know, we have uh, sweatsuits, tracksuits, we have woven materials, we have accessories. We just launched Miram leather accessories. So that's a plant-based uh, leather alternative. Um, you'll see some of the tracksuits dyed with Colorifics, which is a biotech-based dye. Um We do shoes, we do hats, so really branching out along product categories. But the point is to bring these exciting new lower impact technologies to the market and really serve as this proof point that it, we can do it. We can make this transition and to see how it resonates with consumers and to work with consumers on, you know, understanding why this is important and, and telling the story uh, uh, around the technologies. So that D2C branch is one. And then Pangaea B2B is uh, trying to take all the technologies that our teams have worked so hard to develop and test and then build out an innovation portfolio to provide a turnkey solution for other brands and suppliers to adopt these technologies more quickly and efficiently. So because Pangaea is so focused on material sciences. We have a team internally, an R&D team of about 12 people, I think it is now. Um, these are material scientists, textile engineers, PhDs. Um, they've worked in brands such as Lululemon, Adidas, Burberry, um, a whole array of different segments. And they really understand the pain points that need to be solved in terms of sustainability, but also really understand the performance needed. So there isn't this... Uh, You know, we don't want to compromise on performance. We want to really make sure that when we're working with new technologies, they're maintaining the testing standards that we would want in, in our products, obviously. And they work hand in hand, our R&D team with our impact team. And the impact team is doing full LCAs with a third-party provider called Green Story. Um, so we just finished 30 LCAs, I think, across um, our key materials and dyes and treatments And we have another 30 or so in the pipeline for the coming year. So that will allow us uh, not only to tell the story to our consumers, but also when the products are in the B2B portfolio, allow our, our clients and customers to also relay that to their consumers. Uh, a couple other things I'd like to mention that are really important is that we have very key uh, supply chain partnerships. So uh, in this past year, we have uh, created a joint venture with scientists in Italy called Gradozero. So we have Pangaea Gradozero, which is developing new materials. They were actually the masterminds behind uh, the flower down insulation material, which is um, one of Pangaea's hero technologies. I could go into that in more detail. And we also have a joint venture with a fabric mill and dye house in Portugal called RDD. And so with them, we're able to really test um, and bring to market different fabric solutions using agri-waste, using algae, 
um, but also dyes and treatments. So like colorifics, for example, RDD is the the only mill at the moment that has really industrialized the the this colorifics um, biotechnology dye, which again, I can go in more detail. So I think that's really, really important that we have these close relationships with the supply chain to be able to quickly test and iterate and get products to market. Uh, and then again, you know, within Pangaea B2B, because all of this hard work has been done, it hopefully will be easier for other brands to adopt the technologies. Um, you know, the testing has been done, the impact related uh, verification has been done. Um, and then it becomes a, a matter of trying to see how these products could fit in, how these technologies could fit into their product portfolio. And we have a few different ways of engaging with customers on the B2B side. So one is as a material supplier. So it could be, you know, we're selling a fabric or a dye or a treatment. Um, it could also, so that's one level. It could also be that we would be um, working to do white label production for a brand. So taking it all the way through to the finished product. Um, and then the third way is we have a corporate gifting arm. So a lot of uh, companies, you know, it could be nonprofits, it could be consulting firms, it could be anyone really. We have a lot of corporate gifting companies writing to us because they want to use Pangaea products as a blank canvas and then put their logo on it and be able to gift those to their employees or, or um, yeah, their employee, employees in many cases. So that's another way that we've been working with different companies. Fantastic. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's very complete. Um, well, let's go back to the very beginning. What does sustainable fashion mean according to you? Um, that's my first question. And, um, and I would like to, to go deeper into each uh, material you mentioned uh, previously and to understand to what extent they are very sustainable. So what is your definition of sustainable fashion? Yeah, that is a that is a great question and one that has, you know, sustainability is definitely an overloaded word in many respects. As we know, regenerative has now become a word that that has been used quite a bit. So you do get these buzzwords and it, it's it's great that you ask that because you do have to tease it out. Um in, in the context of what we're doing at Pangaea, we have different research pillars that we're following um, to be able to identify how we want to approach innovation and, and to be able to innovate responsibly and to be able to put products onto the market that we consider to be, we like we actually don't like using the word sustainable because it does mean sort of everything and nothing at this point, um, but we prefer to talk about being responsible in the way that we're working. So... Some of the research pillars, just to give you an idea, you know, we want to try to divert the industry away from um, cotton-based products so that we're not just, you know, we're, we're being, um, we're diversifying that fiber basket and not just relying too much on conventional cotton, for example. We have a couple of innovations of Jersey called plant fiber and fruit fiber, which are jerseys that have no cotton in them, but do have agar waste, um, nettle, bamboo, you know, fast-growing, renewable um, uh, plant resources. Um Another one would be to divert the industry away to from fossil fuel reliance. So obviously a lot of synthetic materials on the market today are made from fossil fuels. And I think it's over 60% of, of today's apparel is synthetic. Um, so we really are focused on trying to find solutions there. And one solution to bring out is an investment that Pangaea has made in a company called Kintra, 
a, a startup called Kintra, which is doing a, a bio-based biodegradable synthetic. So, you know, not relying on fossil fuels. And obviously also, since it's biodegradable, we're going to get rid of that microfiber shedding problem, which we see quite a bit with uh, synthetics. Um, there are other pillars, you know, trying to um, divert the industry away from conventional animal-based uh, materials, uh, trying to lead uh, with science as well, um, and trying to also move toward uh, toward technologies that could actually have a positive impact, which is really important. So, you know, I mentioned regenerative. There's a real push now in regenerative agriculture, which is just great to see. Uh, when it comes to sourcing raw material, uh, what are the, the rules you are applying to yourself? Uh, you know, that's... <laughs> That's tough because there's so many different types of materials that you, you can source, mm. um, yeah. you know, from polymers to cotton to metal to um, to carbon capture, which is something that we've done with uh, Air Inc., a pollution-based dye, or with um, 12 um, for, for glasses that we did. So, you know, it really goes back in many respects to the, um, the pillars, which I mentioned, the mm. R&D pillars. And of course, to uh, the verification that the impact team has been working so hard on with uh, Green Story and being able to make that comparison, that evidence-based comparison um, at each step of the, the supply chain of what this n new technology means in terms of environmental impact across different mm. indicators versus the more mainstream way of, of sourcing the, the, a similar product. All right. Uh, among all the... Um The fibers uh, you are you are proposing at uh, at Pangaea Science, uh, because uh, I think your website is very well uh, well made. With um, when you go into the into uh, the the page Impact Innovative Material, uh, you can see all the fibers you developed: uh, the biobased fiber, the plant-based fibers, uh, technical fibers, recycled material, etc., etc. Among all those uh, those fibers. And Matayal, what, what is your favorite one? Well, um, there are a lot of good ones, uh, yeah. but the the flower down is is amazing. So flower down is our alternative to animal based or petroleum based down insulation. Um, so with that one, it is made of wildflowers, and so these are flowers that are not cultivated in a farm. Um, so they don't require irrigation, they don't require pesticides, um, and they come from a plant that's really important for pollinator species. So like butterflies and birds you eat the leaves and uh, the, the butterfly caterpillars eat the leaves. It's one of their main sources of, of nutrition. You know, obviously the, the bees could will fly around and use the flowers for pollination purposes. Um, so there's a whole biodiversity element to working with these plants because the more that these plants are seen as valuable um, and a, on a level where we're actually trying to buy the flowers to produce products, um, the more that people will uh, will work on trying to, I, I, you can't really say grow because it's not like a farm where you're going to grow it, but uh, spreading the seeds and making sure that there's, there's more of this plant available. Um, so that's one thing around biodiversity and preservation of the ecosystem, which I think is really important with the flower down. The second is that it's uh, the second element or, uh, um, in the composition is PLA, polylactic acid, which is a biopolymer. 
usually made with um, uh, side streams of the corn production or beet production or sugar production. Uh, so this is fully biodegradable and natural. Uh, so these are blended together. And then there's also uh, a couple of other more technical aspects. There's an aerogel. So this is, again, when I referred to our scientists in Italy that we've partnered with, Grado Zero, they've developed this aerogel, which also is bio-based, that increases the thermal properties of the flower PLA blend. So again, going back to the performance and the importance of achieving good performance uh, characteristics, it's incredibly warm, which is amazing. Like you put it on and really you can feel how, how much it's, it's protecting you from the cold. So we do like to say at Pangaea that the approach is uh, high-tech naturalism. And I think the flower down does demonstrate that because you have the natural fibers, but you also have the aerogel, which is quite high-tech and has been used by the European Space Agency and adventures to Antarctica, etc. Uh, so with the flower down, it comes in a loose fill and it comes also in a non-woven padding. And I just think it's it's wonderful. It just combines so many great elements to to the story and, and the composition of the product. All right. So a- any brands want to work with that kind of fibers, uh, they just come to you, knock at the door and uh, and you mm-hmm. can uh, we can buy anything we you want from 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 you. Right. Yep, exactly. That's right. Fantastic. Um, according to you, what makes your company and your product stand out of the others? Um, our, our product portfolio, what makes it stand out? Yeah. Yeah. On the B2B side, I'm just, I'm mostly speaking on the B2B side, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but, of um, yeah. Okay. So honestly, I don't think there's anyone else really doing the same thing that Panga is doing here. So, um, you know, working in innovation for the last six, seven years now in, uh, well, sustainability and then innovation, as I mentioned, with Caring and now with Pangaea, I see that there are a lot of inefficiencies and a lot of challenges in how brands can adopt and suppliers, how they can adopt these materials. So there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle which need to be brought together. And I do feel that Pangaea is uh, working very hard to do that. You know, often you'll see a brand is looking for a solution for, let's just say, they don't want to use synthetic down or animal down. They're looking for a solution. So then um, they might go out and look for different innovators. Um, in, in, in innovators, often startups, you know, they're often small teams. Um, maybe it's like a scientist who has a great technology. And how do you sort of help that scientist or this small team who's maybe working across several verticals? You know, maybe they're also looking at automotive and home, etc. How do you help prepare them for each of those verticals so that the testing has been done so that the uh, the documentation the, that you need legally to be able to put it on the composition label has been checked out? Like there, there are a lot of things that need to be uh, put into place. And again, from the supplier side too, there's they're, they're the ones implementing. They're so key in this whole process of, of trying to to implement new technologies and there's a support that's needed there, a support to, um, to maybe understand what the best technologies are, but also if needed to show what the brands are going to do with it. And I think Pangaea also with flower down, for example, has that support part where our technicians can actually go and help implement it. So, you know, these are just a couple of examples, but you know, there's, it's complicated to innovate, 
Uh, it takes a lot of resources. Mm. Historically, the fashion industry has not really been focused on R and D, uh, except when it comes to the design itself. But you know, a lot of um, budget. You know, wh- whereas in pharmaceuticals or uh, other sectors, there's a huge amount of budget going rolling back into R and D. It hasn't been the case with fashion. So I think you know, being able to try to bring that resource base and the, again the work that's already been done. And trying to be more of a concierge service of saying like this, this is what these are the innovations we've tested and technologies that um, we have in our portfolio that we can bring to the table. I think I think mm. it makes it much easier to to implement. Mm. What yeah. are the, the thank you? What are the biggest challenges um, over the next years, uh, according to you, for Pongaya and uh, and more globally for the fashion industry? Yeah. Well. There are a number of changes, challenges that aren't there. Uh, and microfibers come up. Um, the reliance on, on fossil fuels in general comes up. Um, but I think what we really need to do is, you know, change the status quo, stop just doing business as usual, and 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 make a real step change. And and that's why innovation is really important to do. But we have to work on scaling up. We have to work on on doing this together. We have to uh, take risk as an industry. Um, and we have to work on being more efficient. You know, there's there's a lot happening in terms of multi-stakeholder working groups, as I mentioned, or accelerators and uh, consortium models um, around building up certain technologies and, and working together across brands and NGOs and experts. And, and that work is, is really important to try to uh, understand that baseline of who the stakeholders need to be to find the right solution. And then sort of scaling that up more quickly, because there's still a lot of inefficiencies in place in terms of the raw material sourcing or um, processing. And, and it's through uh, partnering suppliers with brands and with experts and creating these consortium models and groups that, that we're going to be able to move more quickly, I think. And uh, and the changes are, are the same for Pangaya? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why Pangaya has created these partnerships with supply chain partners, because I think there was a recognition that you can move so much faster the closer you are to um, your your supply chain partners and really creating those long-term relationships. Um But definitely when you're trying to source uh, different raw materials, I'm not going to name any by name, but things that aren't conventional cotton, then it, it's not easy. And that's, that's why it hasn't been done so much. You know, there's a lot of uh, legwork to do. Um, there's a lot to, to do in figuring out how to get the cost down. Um, there's a lot in the development to make these fibers feel really good mm. and have a great hand touch. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're we're partnering quite a bit with the R and D team and the impact team with different uh, groups, academia or or um, textile exchange, for example, or others, uh, to be able to help um, uh, join the movement to to accelerate um, with the stakeholders who are already on that mm. journey. So, mm. yeah. but it sounds like um, it sounds like this is quite difficult because at the end of the day. My understanding is um, using um, those new fabric, those new fibers uh, is quite expensive. 
uh, and uh, and the brands they don't want to to uh, to to kill their margins, and uh, and the and the and the final customer doesn't want to pay more for the same garment, uh, and it sounds like the the question is is quite difficult to 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 uh, to complete. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, I mean, yeah, you have highlighted one of the the big issues with um, sourcing more sustainable uh, materials that we've seen um, for the last 20 plus years. You know, I think this is hopefully where regulation is going to help, too, because there's been quite a number of new regulations passed over the, um, especially in France, actually, Mm -hmm. quite a leader here. Uh, But I think, yeah, there needs to be... um, Obviously, the, the system we're operating in is, is not ideal for mm. incentivizing people to make the right decisions. All right. Uh, let's put ourselves in, uh, in the shoe of, uh, of a young designer, young entrepreneur who want to start uh, a business in fashion. Um, what would you advise them to do when it comes to, uh, to sustainability, to sourcing raw material, to, uh, to looking at certification, et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your advice on, on that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Well, the design process is incredibly key to all of this because the designer is the one deciding what's going to go into the product. So nothing really can be accomplished without the designer saying, yes, I want this in the product. Uh, But there are a lot of resources that exist out there today that are quite helpful, I think, for uh, designers who are just starting out. There's a common objective based in London, which has a platform with a lot of information um, about different topics related to sustainable fashion, but also you can connect directly with different suppliers who have um, gone through the the process of, of being um, onboarded to common objective. There's also like the, the sustainable angle, which has a whole library of, of fabrics that have gone through and dyes as well. And um, that have gone through their own um, sustainability criteria. Uh, so that's a great place to look. The, the CFDA in New York has an amazing website full of really cool info. So I would recommend going there too. Uh, so the number of resources out there, but you know, another thing that I think is, uh, important is there's a saying perfection is the enemy of good. So, you know, we can't be a hundred percent perfect everywhere. So it's important to kind of understand what your priorities are as a designer are, when it's related to sustainability, what do you want to focus on? Is it recyclability? Is it upcycling? Is it, you know, hundred percent natural and make that your priority and understand that you can't be perfect everywhere. <laughs> hmm, of course. Um, by the way, uh, I understand that Pangaea is putting a lot of effort into uh, sourcing uh, uh, raw material, sourcing and, and making fabrics that, uh, that have a, a very low impact on the environment. Uh, mm-hmm. do, do you have any other, um, uh, any, any, when it comes to sustainability, do you have any other um, actions uh, like philanthropy, etc., uh, uh, etc.? Et yeah. yeah, we do. Uh, we have um, a couple of foundations that we give back to. One is called Be the Change Fund. So it's focused on pollinators and how to save um uh, save the bees. And so we have, I think it's 1% of all of our revenue that goes back to either the Be the Change Fund, or we also have the Tomorrow Tree Fund, which is about planting trees. Um, so those are two that are quite important to us. We, we have someone on our team who's focused on philanthropy as well. 
And we also support um, Milky Wire, the NGO Milky Wire, which looks to supporting different NGOs themselves, sort of micro NGOs. So yeah, that's quite important to, I mean, you need a multi-pronged approach um, when looking at these issues. So, you know, philanthropy is, is key uh, in, in addressing and, and trying to implement this change. And then of course, on the social side, that's another key area where we have someone on our team focused on it as well and looking at um, different programs that already exist or that we could potentially put in place either with our suppliers or, or others. Fantastic. So you will be uh, on Première Vision in, uh, in, on the next July, I, I think. Uh, what will we be able to see on your, mm -hmm. on your stand when we will yeah. be there? Actually, I'll be there in February. Okay. Perfect. Fingers crossed that yeah. it will actually happen, right? But um, but you'll be able to see the flower down. You'll be able to see our, our partner RDD will be there, our fabric mill and dye house partner. We're right next to them in the smart creation space. So the whole portfolio of fabrics, the plant fiber, the fruit fiber, sea fiber that's made with algae, um, samples of the colorifics. We also have a peppermint anti-odor treatment that we'll have there. Um, so quite quite a broad spectrum. And yeah, we're looking forward to seeing people there. We we were there at the last round in September and, mm -hmm. and really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Through RDD. RDD had a booth, yeah. All right. Let's move to the quick rapid fire question. Uh, what do you want to close the door to in our industry? Oh, is this is supposed to be fast now? Yeah. Like quick answers? Yeah. Quick answer. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I just can tell I'm better at long answers, but yeah, yeah let's see. You can I tell a like, long answer if you want to. Um, uh, I would like the fashion industry to close the door to polyester. <laughs> of course. Um, where do you look at to get inspired? Um, in what other industry? What do you read? Uh, Um, yeah, what do you follow? What, what do you follow on Instagram or any other <laughs> media? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I love looking at advancements in the biotech industry. Mm -hmm. I love seeing what's happening in business models, like circular business models or everything that's happening on the digital front. Um, on Instagram, I, I love Humans of New York. I don't know if you see that one. No. Humans of New York. It's not really fashion related, but it reminds you of like the kernels of what what is important in life, and and mm -hmm. so that already puts things in perspective for you quite a bit. Um, but obviously, also follow Vogue and and others that have incorporated more and more sustainability related content or innovation related content. Um, Pangaea, of course, has a Instagram. We have over a million followers now, which is pretty exciting. That was quite recent. Mm -hmm. um, business of fashion. Uh, amazing publication. There are a couple of innovation um, professors that I actually follow as well. Um, and then, of course, like Sourcing Journal, Ecotextile News, mm. uh, LinkedIn. I get so much great information through my feed at LinkedIn, too, in terms mm. of new brand partnerships or new initiatives happening. Fantastic. Uh, what is the last piece of clothes you bought? <laughs> It's, well, it was like a Pangaea sweatshirt, I believe. But <laughs> we also have Peng the Pangaea denim was the last thing I bought, the Pangaea nettle denim um, that we've made with Candiani in Italy. So it uh, has Himalayan nettle in it. It's yeah. beautiful. What, what is, the, what is the, the particularity of this uh, denim? So nettle, it's uh, orti in French. Okay. It's been very difficult, right, to use in fashion because it's been quite... Um, 
rough. It's a short fiber, bass fiber. So it, it's, it's, it's been a challenge, but working with Candiani and working with um, Himalayan wild fibers is the supplier. Um, we've created a beautiful, soft left selvage denim. Um, and uh, there just is very little on the market right now. So I think it's 18% nettle, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and my last question is, who is the personality you would like to listen to in this podcast? From one of your other episodes, you mean? No, 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 no. From uh, somebody uh, we didn't uh, interview yet or somebody you would like to listen to uh, talking about oh. um, responsibility. Talking about responsibility. Um, I think um, Helen Crowley is a former colleague of mine from uh, Caring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were talking about regenerative agriculture, but she is an absolute expert in this space. Um, biodiversity, regenerative agriculture. She was, you know, doing this work many years ago um, before it was was on the radar of most other fashion brands. And I think she would be a great person to tap into to really speak about it in more detail. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, this is the end of the interview. Uh, I would like to, just before we, we left each other, uh, if we want to get in touch with you, if we want to touch your fabric, uh, mm-hmm. if we want to order some of your fabric uh, before, uh, before PV in February, uh, where should we go? Well, you can go to the Pangaea website at um, www.thepangaea.com. And at the bottom of the page, there's a link for B2B. And you, there are different emails there if you're interested in flower down or bulk orders, etc. Or you can email me directly at Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at thepangaea.com. Fantastic. Thank you mm-hmm. so much, Christine. Have a wonderful uh, Christmas holiday and, uh, and, sp- and see you soon, maybe Thank in you. February. Take care. Yeah, Bye-bye. So. Adrian. Bye-bye. Stay with me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. 